Welcome to your favorite comic book YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're doing a video that has been uh, in popular demand from the Cartoonist Kayfabe audience. If it's your first time around, uh, we are a daily comic book YouTube channel. We have more than 1,300 or 1,400 videos live right now. We might have talked about your favorite comics. And uh, if we didn't, you know, you want to hit the search field on the main Cartoonist Kayfabe page, pop in your favorite titles. If we did not talk about your favorite comics, please leave a comment uh, in the, uh, the video below. We see all those comments and uh, we will move your comic up higher on the reading list. We have a Patreon for the Cartoonist Kayfabe uh, supporters to become what we call King Kayfabers. And that uh, creates a situation where you get access to the videos before anybody else and you get the cheapest copies uh, very often and sometimes we talk about rarities uh, it gives you the opportunity to get the few rare copies online uh, that exist and disappear by the time the video goes out to the general public now for some weeks we've been we've been putting that out there like let us know your favorite comics and by and large more more people than anybody else have, have mentioned uh, berserk to us as something that we need to put under the microscope. So uh, today we'll take a look at the first uh, Tankobon that is in the Berserk Deluxe Edition, which is fantastic. Comic book size, you know, it's so rare to get like a big comic book size manga treatment. Uh, even when they produce their Tankobons, it's usually about six by nine. And I think uh, when Dark Horse originally did the Berserk uh, Tankobons individually, same deal, like the six by nine format. But they start putting out these deluxe editions that contain three Tanko Bonds and one at regular comic size. And this is the kind of artwork that you want to see as big as possible. So we'll take a look at the first Tanko Bond. And uh, the question that I'm going to put out to everybody off the, off the bat is, uh, when does Berserk become what you guys are all stoked on? Because in this very first volume, in this very first Tanko Bond, there there is three stories in the first tankobon uh you could see off the bat these are chunky stories these are big stories uh they the comic came out on uh pick your poison bi-weekly or semi-monthly uh basis i don't know that an entire chunk you know two weeks worth of strips is 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 uh 100 pages 90 pages maybe those were broken up here and there but by and large, there are three stories in the, the first Tankobon. And whatever the MacGuffin is that, that carries on the comic and makes everybody stoked on it, it is not in this first volume, uh, which is sort of shocking in a lot of ways because I've read plenty of manga, plenty of manga series, and maybe it's just a consequence of being uh, corrupted by like the Shonen Jump type manga, where it's very clear what the propulsion tool the story engine is in the first episode basically it might change over time just from editorial issues or feedback from the audience kinikumin comes to mind starts off as like as like a uh, ultraman parody becomes a wrestling comic these three stories aren't too different from one another you got the black swordsman guts going into a town taking care of the bad guy like a monster of the of the week kind of shit fist of the north star kind of stuff uh 
That was my first thought reading this. And I should say, like, this has three stories in it. Yeah. I only read the first one. Oh, okay. So so FYI, uh, because I have a similar question, and it's not that there's anything wrong with this, but it's, it's uh, I would describe their fans as fervor. Totally. You know, like, we have, this is by far the number one most requested thing we cover. And I do wonder, like, it feels like it's missing something based right. on the... Uh, just the rabid following that it has. Yeah. Again, nothing wrong with that first volume, but nothing that I would write home about and be like, you got to read this. So are you saying you read like the first hundred page story? Right, and that's, that's all? Right. Okay, cool. Cool. So, uh, which was satisfying. Like we're going to get a nice monster in there. You kind of get that arc, but it does remind me a lot of uh, Fist of the North Star, that I, opening at least. I had no idea that uh, this, this was a manga because my introduction was in probably the year 2000. Uh, after the Dreamcast comes out, there's a game called Sword of the Berserk, and uh, at a time when stuff like Unreal and you know Doom was out there, the first-person shooter, the innovation was there's this game that's a first-person sword game with a big-ass fucking sword, and that was just like kind of a cool idea. I'm not sure that the big-ass sword is not the thing. Like, it's, it's an amazing visual. Like, I'm looking at the character here, and I'm going, man, it's a great character design. Yeah. And part of that is the sword. Like, you're seeing that giant sword. You know, it's the size of this character. It's kind of amazing. And a lot of things have followed suit and copied that kind of thing. Like, I'll see fan art or new stuff where it's like that giant sword is almost like part of the language. Right. Visually now. So if, if it comes from this... It's weird to think that's your innovation, but it might be. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Certainly it certainly has caught on. I doubt it just because, I mean, it's like one visual element. And the way people are so rabid about it, they're clearly invested. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Become a King Kayfaber and mitigate the Kayfabe effect. You get all the videos before anybody else. We have more than 1,400 videos up on the channel as we speak. Hit the little magnifying glass. Search around to see if we're talking about your favorite comics. If not, let us know in the comments so that we can show off uh, the your favorite stuff on the channel. The videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Before You is a healthy bibliography of the stuff that we have available, but there's new material coming out all the time. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you this holiday season. In fact, your store needs to order it now. Uh, they have the, that opportunity to do so. It's going to come out October 18th, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree plus 140 pages of additional material. 500 plus pages of comics in there. The X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming to you in November, just in time for Christmas as well. Several volumes of that are out of print as we speak. The current focus is Red Room, and two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there, Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. Crypto Killers is the latest miniseries of Red Room, and there is a backup feature that is going to show off the characters that I'm covering in my daily comic strip in 2024. So this is going to be a hot key. Jimmy's got plenty of stuff on the horizon. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is coming out in November. This is going to collect all of the Street Angel material before Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. So you need both volumes to, to have all of Jim Rugg's Street Angel comics on hand. The Hulk Grand Design treasury edition book is out of print so when you see this it's going to be your last opportunity to scoop up these books make sure you do so you might be able to find some on amazon but they are going going quick quickly jimmy's been in the self-publishing game for a while this 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 past year he's got true crime funnies three non-fiction stories a couple of them uh have wrestling in the subject matter 1986 zine and the bw zine are back the bw zine back in print and 1986 zine 
is on the horizon. We need to do a whole episode on this, Jimmy. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. What and, the sword cuts through too, because we'll have several of these kind of things. Cut a horse in half, cut a dude in half. I mean, that's it's Faustian in a way with the black blood. Yeah. And I like that kind of over-the-top cartoony violence. He always draws it with great weight. And, it you know, it never feels anything less than heavy as hell. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It has a real... That, that that kind of physics to it, I always appreciate. It got a little little Barry Blair Air Cell Comics influence coming in there. This is going to be your Tinkerbell, the uh, the, the the character that like lightens the mood because like our it's guy. It's a great contrast. Our guy uh, always got a puss on. You yeah, know? and it's also like, heavy blacks compared to even the eyes aren't black on our fairy character. And he will give himself the uh, the opportunity to to go you know kawaii you know chibi with the stuff. Uh, it is the cartoonists. Kitaro Marua, however you say his last name, it is, you know, this is major work. You know, I think 40 some volumes came out before before he passed away. He passed away during the tenure of us making this this cartoonist kayfabe channel. So that's an interesting cipher to like look at all this stuff. I'm sure when the video game came out in 2000, it's the plot of the game happens in between like volume 21 and 22. So this comic has been coming out since about 90. That's amazing to think of like 30, 30 plus years of working on, you know, one character, one story. And I know it happens from time to time. And in manga, it's not completely uncommon, but it's still pretty rare air. Yeah. Uh, once again, you know, like there's no, you have no complaints about uh, anything. When you read the first story and you're building up the villain, Serpentor. The villain's great. I love that he has like the snakeskin armor on the horse too. You automatically assume because of corruption of like reading shonen comics like okay well here's your guy like the MacGuffin is introduced it's this dude and he's the ultimate bad guy or whatever nah dude he's getting cut down in this story and each of these three stories is, is completely you know it's it, it, it's their own thing that last story is listed as chapter one and it, it surprised me that it's its own like standalone piece you know I just assumed that meant there was a big epic spinning out of there yeah there's a couple more uh chapters in like the, the very next Tanglebond. Great imagination on display. Whenever there's a new monster or creature that shows up, these are these little incubi. You know what? Speculation on my part, but I bet you that's something that's really awesome throughout the series. Yeah. Because the, the monsters and the creature designs that we see so far are really cool. Yeah. So I bet you that's something that he sings at as, as he continues to do this. So Jimmy and I, you know, like we, we know plenty, but we don't know everything. And uh, the word that we want to put out to the kayfabe audience is like, let us know. Like when, when does this really become what it becomes? Because uh, it, is, it is not here in, in this first volume. This is one of those cool visuals. And we saw one earlier too, where like one eye is drawn and the other half the face is in shadows or it's cropped like that. I think the visuals are probably something too that just keep growing. Sure. Offending his little Tinkerbell. It also is interesting how many of these pages will have like maybe two panels, but then we'll go into this and it's almost a complete scene. Yeah. This this uh, sequence happens in uh, the first uh, Fist of the North Star, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's one of those parallels that stood out to me reading this. Wild I would, drawing. Yeah, I would bet that Hero Tetsuo uh, has a little bit of inspiration for for the cartoonist here always badass man you know what else is great i i don't have this book so i read a 
I read it online. Yeah. But I have a lot of manga, and especially the early stuff would often be printed poorly, and it was like, how do we reproduce this and get the screens to work? This is a beautiful reprint. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I love whenever we see this villain with the legs and the arms. You know, it's like this cobra snake, except with the human body somehow in the middle of it. Yeah, dude. It's a mix of Serpentor, but also there was that, like, uh, snake, uh, that, that uh, snake guy from... Um, Masters of the Universe mm -hmm. that had the plastic shell yes. that had this thing and then you take it off and then he had the arms and legs. It's really good. Uh, he does great with the physics of like the tail too for the monster. You know, like this stuff all all makes for a good fight scene. A right. good looking fight scene. You know, like that's that's pretty good. Cuts that fucker away, dude. You know, and again with that one eye is, is you know, it's here, it's here. That's such almost a motif, at least in this first book. Right. In this first issue, you know, the first volume, there's so much push-pull between the little Tinkerbell and just saying Tinkerbell, you just know that people are going to go pop off and like, fuck you, it ain't Tinkerbell. Uh, there's so much push-pull between Tinkerbell and, and our boy Guts. As he And, and he's, he's clearly on a mission. We do not know what the mission is exclusively. Uh, there are these little traveling wanderers who offer him a ride, and he humbly ac accepts, but he's standoffish. He's always trying to, like, push people away, you know, fuck these people. If they can't handle the heat, get out the kitchen type people. I like his face is busted up. That's a nice little uh, visual to keep going. This is cool. Yeah, there, it, we saw earlier in that first volume, there was like the little incubus. And, and when he nods off and has these dreams, it's an opportunity to really, really play with the visuals. You were talking earlier about like w wondering like where things cut off. Like this feels like a logical end, right? And then like a page one of something. Yeah, the visuals are really nice. There's, there's so much stuff that I wonder, like, what does he invent? Like, what what if some of these visuals that pop, are they are they brand new to right. him? Is it something that maybe he popularized that other people were doing? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we, we need we need that real scholarly treatment uh, of 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 these works because it is so old. And when whenever I show off, uh, or whenever I'm like in Japan talking talking with the fellas out there, they are astonished. It's unbelievable to them that like Domu first comes out in like 93 or, or 95 in america you know 12 years after or whatever the thing came out in in uh in japan uh this you know this is came out a decade before it came out in the states maybe a little bit more not only that but it's their stuff's released in weird orders here you right. know like like the the thing that might be following the influential domu we might get first yeah and it's exactly. it is very strange. It's a very distortion of history. That's where that that's where that context would would be fantastic if you could get somebody to write some good forward pieces or or back pieces. You know what? That'd be a nice on, on these deluxe collections. That would be a really nice addition. You gotta find that person, and, and I, I don't know that they exactly exist. You know who it is? Is Jog? That dude used to do that weekly, like what's new in comics, but he would start often with like some kind of obscure thing. Yeah, and a great dude to talk to because of that like he he knows a lot of the chronological info on all of this 
But I'm sure there's a few people out there that could lend themselves to it. Yeah, I think my homeboy, Sean, J uh, Japan Book Hunter, would be a guy, like, if we put him in touch with Dark Horse or something. There's a conversation that's been coming up a lot lately about these frequent trips to Japan that we take and how, like, the crew is amassing a little bit bigger each time and things. And there's there's going to be opportunity to bridge a gap between the Japanese comics crowd in in the United States comics crowd with a couple more of these sessions I think you know like this is just great I can totally see why why from a visual standpoint how this would be a series that would be fun to uh to get into totally we're still at that stage man where it's monster of the week and that does not stop with the the ending of of this tanko bond uh we arrive you know guts arrives at a town where there's kind of a tyrannical rule over the townspeople and uh, so many executions are are happening very often. I believe it's a, a cannibalistic thing. You have your big Caligula, Cenobite-looking fella. That's who, a good visual, too. Yeah. This looks like religious stuff is coming into this storyline. Yeah, for sure. Like, this takes place in, in like, a medieval Europe kind of uh, situation. So everything that that entails, I guess, black plagues and and uh fiefdom shadow on the face so menacing and then when you see stuff like this you know that this is like the frontispiece of whatever magazine it was serialized in i think it yeah, was actually what that media is because it doesn't look painted exactly it looks like uh it could be um i wouldn't doubt that it was that process red ink and now it's just a black and white you know like so it's all orange mm -hmm. i think the magazine that this came out in was called young animal not unlike the uh gerard way uh, DC Comics line. And, you know, after three volumes of this stuff here, this is a good one. Yeah, I was going to say that's, <laughs> that's quite the visual. That villain looks good, you know? Right. It's nice, too. It's a very different design than the villain in the first book. Mad props for keeping the Japanese uh, sound effects and then, you know, just, like, letting us know what it says. But, but I feel like they could just do away with that. Like, we can imagine. Like, there's... The book is not enhanced by having a Helvetica condensed, you know, piece of type that lets us know what the, the, the sound effect is. And certainly you don't ever have to lay it over top of an illustration. That's kind of an ugly part. But it is good that they kept the, uh, the sound effects to the thing. Yeah, the visuals are definitely a good one. I saw, one time I saw a translated manga and they would have the sound effects translated and like this might be, so that's flap, I assume that's like his cape. It would say something like the sound of a cape fluttering in the wind. Exactly. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I remember reading that translation and being like, what does that really mean? Like, is, the, the sound effect can't, that's not what it says in Japanese, right? Right. And it doesn't. It's almost like you're translating what it's a, an approximation well, of, which I think, was I think, its own kind of storytelling. I think it actually kind of does, to be honest, man. Because like, cause like uh, that Gun Report comic, like the way Sean was translating it, like what the title is, is like something about like, gun firing or you know something like that so like i i don't know that they have onomatopoeia the way that we do that's funny because they are translating here as if it is onomatopoeia exactly yeah i feel like this discussion is going to annoy more berserk fans than anything else we've said yeah that's fine <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna live with it that would be the cross eye bear it is a mechanical part of comics though you know like it really is something I'm, i've been curious about in the past i obsessed over it 
with that uh, that comic that had like the sounds translated. See, this is an important moment, man, because this is when Tink you realize Tinkerbell is a badass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once again, K Fabers, please put something in the comments and let us know what what is the uh, where does Berserk become Berserk? Because it's not in the first volume. These are three tongue-in-cheek pot boilers that don't exactly get, give us the MacGuffin that drives a 40-volume manga series forward. Uh, my experience with comics and people who are heavy into a certain comic is that, by and large, they're idolaters and they share hive mind popular opinion. So because, like, long-time berserk people exist and and are very very vocal they jump in and they'll say oh it gets good right right away and that's not the case like i i can't even hear that argument because this is good this is fine but it there's nothing that sticks with me here and there's certainly i don't see what the thing is that makes it necessary to have 40 volumes of it so what are the big arcs where do things really start cooking i have some sense because I, on my Instagram stories, you know, I showed this off and I got more feedback from my Instagram story on, on just showing this image off than anything I've ever done. Yeah, there's a, a devout and, following. And it's, it was exactly as I expected it to be. The people who I don't know, who are just fans and stuff, are like, yes, 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 yes. Finally, the cartoonists are like, First three volumes, don't cut it. You got it. You got to give it slack. It's like volume five. It starts and and like all the cartoonists who are deep in the game, who like no structure of story and who are not idolaters, uh, kind of say around volume five, it starts to become what it is. But it's not in volume one. And I am curious if you get, if you read all of the the Berserk one uh, deluxe edition, which contains three Tankobon. Is, is this enough to get you there? Because my cartoonist buds say, no, you're going to have to read two. So an investment of, what is it, $100? Yeah, and it, after an investment of $100, Jimmy, $50 books, then the comic becomes what, it, what everybody is jock riding. You know what's interesting is horror is one of the things that's tagged on the back. And I was thinking that one of the appeals of this could be the setting of being like Europe in the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, the night kind of thing yeah because i do think that's a popular genre the anglophile weebs but i feel like there's some twists in this you know like it's almost bringing that kind of dark energy to what would be you know lancelot or something right in in, in another story so you know i wonder if that's one of the things that's appealing is that you're applying kind of like that manga detailed art storytelling but on top of like the type of stories of the knights that we have seen so often in a very fairy tale like treatment. Okay, Fabers, we did it. We took a look at volume one. It's probably not the video that you, that you were expecting, but this is a collaborative process. Uh, so please put some stuff in the comments to let us know where stuff hits. Save your comments about, you know, oh, it's it's great from the start because it's just not. It's it's very good comics from the very beginning, but. The MacGuffin ain't there. Like, like, there's nothing there that lets me know that this even needs to be a series. You know, it's like I read three cool short stories that are, are stand up on their own. Yeah, I'm curious to see the feedback on this as to like where it's pointed at. Like, hey, 
do this story or whatever because I'd be curious to then dip back in here and volume just five that, or just something. Just at that story. Yeah, just to see like where it goes because again, 30 plus years, like think of how much stuff changes. You know, this is almost that daily comic strip kind of thing where totally. it's like decades from now, that guy's still making, Chester Gold's still making Dick Tracy 30 years later, 35 <laughs> right. years later, but it looks different. It reads different. Um, I'd be curious maybe to dip back in further down the road on Berserk. So that's a comment to uh, point us to the volume where you think it's the best of Berserk. That could be what it is. You know, like uh, you guys were super vocal enough to get us to like, look at this. So that was step one. Boom. There. We took a look at the first Tanko Bond. It's good, but it's also whatever. Now the next step is like, now which Berserk story is the one that gets you hooked? Because that first volume, uh, that, that ain't quite it, man. Good to go? Yep. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We are a daily YouTube channel. And we have more than 1,400 videos up there as we speak. Take a look. Search around. Uh, hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Kayfabe YouTube channel. Put in your favorite titles of your favorite comics. Uh, if we did not talk about your favorite comics, please put something in the comments uh, below. And uh, we will push those books to the top of that list, man. That's how Berserk got its video treatment uh, today. We have a Patreon for the King Kayfabers to get the videos before anybody else, thus mitigating the Kayfabe effect, which happens often when we talk about a comic that is out of print or in low frequency, low numbers. They disappear fast before our videos even go live because the King Kayfabers scoop them up. Ultimately, we are a uh, supported most by you guys buying our books. You're looking at a healthy stack of our books right before you here, but we've got new stuff out. Jimmy, what do you got? Street Angel, Princess of Poverty is my next book. It will be in stores in November. You can pre-order it now at your local comic shop, and I highly recommend you do that so that Image knows how many copies to print. This is the uh, sister collection of Deadliest Girl Alive. If you get both of these two books, uh, one, they'll look good on your shelf. They're kind of designed to sit next to each other, but they also collect all of the Street Angel comics that I have made so far. So put your order in for that. If you didn't get Deadliest Girl Alive, pick that one up while you are at it. My other comic shop book is Hulk Grand Design. I believe this is out of print. It's definitely out of stock at the distribution level. So if you haven't picked that one up yet, you should grab it soon because those books are likely to get scarce and probably be long gone by the Christmas season. And uh, you can also get some of my self-published material at my website, jimrug.com, or you can read this stuff on my Patreon, patreon.com slash jimrug. And these include True Crime Funnies, three nonfiction stories, as well as my latest zines celebrating the black and white explosion and that glorious year, 1986. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is able to be ordered at your local comic shops right now. Make sure that you do so because we had to print these things up uh, some some time ago. There's a finite amount of these, and so many of them have already been claimed on Amazon and other online resources, Barnes & Noble, all those places. So make sure uh, if you have your eyes on it, scoop it up and get it get it uh, ordered at your local comic shop. It's over 500 pages of, of material in here. Contains all four volumes of my Hip Hop Family Tree Treasury Editions, plus 140 pages of stuff that is not in those uh, original four volumes. Tenth anniversary of the Hip Hop Family Tree series. It is the 50th anniversary of hip hop culture as a whole. The other holiday effort that is coming out is the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback. Uh, there's a volume or two of this that are out of print as well. So it's going to be your opportunity to get all of my X-Men Grand Design works in one uh, handy dandy 
handsome collection. The current focus is Red Room. These are the two trade paperbacks of Red Room that are out there right now, the Antisocial Network and Trigger Warnings. But uh, we're working now on the, uh, the final season of Red Room Comics. We're calling it Crypto Killers. Three issues of that are out there right now. And this third issue has a backup uh, called The Latchkey Kids here, but I'm working on a daily strip called Switchblade Shorties. It's gonna come out January 1st of 2024. And these are uh, the sort of proto versions of these characters. So this book is gonna be kind of a hot key when it comes to the Ed Piscor bibliography. Uh, these are not the only ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, if you will uh, give the people the scoop on that. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also in the show notes underneath this video. All good ways to support the channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more manga.